Have you heard of this video game called Untitled Goose Game, Heather? Is that Fortnite's cousin? <laughs> no. Um, so you <laughs> haven't heard of this at all? Like not seen no, games no, of I it? No, no, I haven't. Okay. No, oh. and I mean Zandai game, so I don't know. Wow, okay. So I'm about to blow your mind. Okay, so this is a computer game, and I think it's also on, like, Nintendo Switch. Um, it's basically a goose simulator where you play a goose... And you're just going around this little town, and you're just being a dick to everybody. So it's like Goat Simulator. Yeah, pretty much. Oh, nice! But you're <laughs> but a goose. A, but you're a goose. And, like, there's tasks you can do. You don't have to do them. It just kind of proceeds. You just you just move on to, like, the next stage, if you will, if you do these things. But it's like a sandbox. You can just kind of walk around and grab things from people and, like, steal things and hide them. And this is like geese in real life. <laughs> Pretty much so, yeah. It is. That, that's, what they were, that's what they were going for. You got to check this oh out. Oh, my you gotta, gosh. You got to look up the memes. There's all these memes about it. There's these playthroughs on YouTube. Um, and it's like 20 bucks if you download it from, like, the developer onto your PC, uh, which is what I did. And I've been playing it, like, nonstop since Friday. <laughs> I got it Friday <laughs> evening, and I've been I've been playing nothing but this. Um because it's, it's just so, like, it, like it's so calming but so infuriating because the things you're trying to do, like, one of the things you got to do is, like, you got to steal, like, things from people. And it says, like, steal this guy's keys. And so you steal the guy's <laughs> keys, but then they come chasing after you in, like, the superhuman speed. Like, suddenly they, they're moving, like, uh, la-di-da-di-da. Then you steal something from them, and they're like fucking like the Flash or something, chasing <laughs> after you, and then they grab you. And it's like, dude, I'm running as fast as I can. I'm a fucking goose. I can't run fast, all right? I got web feet. I got a goose-shaped body, and I'm just trying to get over to this pond so you can leave me alone. But no, you had to come immediately step up to me and find me. And Let me it, ask you this. Yeah, yeah. Can you Can you poop everywhere? Is there pooping? No, there tell is me not, that they at least there's poop. no pooping, unfortunately. That's all they do. I that's know. That's all that, they do. That, that is, like, I guess the one thing I guess they didn't want to go that far in, in the realism. Fair <laughs> enough. Yeah. I mean, maybe they'll come up with an expansion pack, and you can, like, buy, like, the poop expansion for five bucks. Yeah, and different kinds of poop. Like, you could have rainbow poop. You could have... <laughs> You could have exploding poop. I mean, there is endless possibilities of the poop, and it could be fun. I mean, I would, I would be interested in that. And much like real geese, for, they have the ability. This goose has the ability to fly, but he doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> it just walks around everywhere. <laughs> and so, and well, like, would you can fly? <laughs> yeah. And so you're just in these four different stages. Like one of them's a garden. And you have to, like, mess with this gardener. You got to lock him out of his garden and, like, pull up his, like, carrots and the cabbage and stuff. Uh, then you go to this, like, storefront where this lady has, like, a sidewalk sale. You're just messing with her stuff. And there's a little – oh, the funniest fucking thing, and I'm not even kidding you. There's this there's this little boy outside of the shop, and he's playing with, like, a toy airplane or whatever. But if you honk at him – and, yes, you can honk in this game like a goose – it is very therapeutic, let me tell you. <laughs> but if you honk at him, the boy gets scared and runs away. And it's very like it's very thrilling to chase after this little boy while honking at him and he's running from you. Like the fucking demon is like on his heels. 
this. That's what they're like, though. That's what they do in real life. This is this is real. This is reality. Yeah, yeah. I see grown men uh, run like I, I run. I and they just are everywhere. And you see grown men running to the road where there are giant cars because there are geese on the path. Yes. No. They, I know. They are. They are evil. Yeah, like my my apartment complex, there's two ponds, and they, like, chill here all the time, and they're, like, walking around, like, on the streets in the apartments, and so they're just, like, constantly in the way, and like you said, they're pooping everywhere, and they they make these loud noises in the springtime because they're having sex. And yes. it's uh, it's it's crazy. Now there's no sex to this. Maybe that's the third expansion. Maybe for that, that'll be, that to, would to, be mate, good. to mate with another goose. Um, yeah, the odd honking coming. Yeah, yeah. So Heather, I know you're into video games. You should probably check this out. I think you get a kick out of it. Um, the same for anyone out there listening. Like it's it's just just it's called the Untitled Goose Game. I don't know why they called it that. Um. I remember reading like a thing from the developer that they were surprised this became as popular as it was because he says this is just a goose simulator. I don't get what the big deal is, but it's like fucking hilarious. <laughs> That's exactly why. It's yeah, hilarious. My, my uh, Liam, he has the Switch. We all we all have our own consoles in this house. We're okay. all big gamers, but okay. um, none of us are huge PC players. We do have our PCs. Okay, it is on do, the Switch. But... You can get on the Switch. Yeah, you should, you he, should totally but... look for it. But he probably already knows about it. So when I ask him about it tomorrow, he's going to look at me like I'm either really cool or really stupid or both. Okay. But he likes Goat Simulator. That's how I found out about Goat Simulator was him. So mm. I, I bet he's into it. All right. Well, whatever. <laughs> Welcome to Whatever with Jason Soto, the comedy podcast uh, that we just talk about whatever. I'm your host, Jason Soto, and uh, this week we are going to talk about why there's so many streaming services, get into some favorite conspiracy theories, and of course, uh, get into our favorite 90s song and or music video. I'm your host, Jason Soto, and I am joined by a friend of mine I have known for a very, very long time. Uh, when I met her, she was really, really crazy, and now she's just a little crazy, but she runs an awful goddamn li- a lot. Uh, give it up to Heather Baxendale Walsh. What's up, Heather? Hi, Jason. I'm still crazy. I have to be to run as far as I do. That's just how I get rid of most of it. It's there. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I get Well, because when I first followed you on Facebook, like, years ago, you used to do these weird statuses about, like, feral boars and pigs and unicorns and rainbows and i don't know what um and then you just kind of went quiet for a couple of years and then suddenly you just started running <laughs> yeah i got force gumped my whole fucking you did, you life totally did. <laughs> just one day i just started running and i just decided to fucking run everywhere <laughs> no <laughs> one of my favorite things to do is go back on those Facebook, see your memories. Uh-huh. Like at least once a week, I'll do it. And sometimes it's absolutely horrible to go, oh my God, what the frick was wrong with me? <laughs> but half the time, I have no idea what I was talking about. 
And then I can see where I was on a tangent where I must have been watching something like Scrubs and I'm literally just posting quotes from a show <laughs> that I was watching and just seeing if there was any feelers in the universe. I mean, I yeah, I, I used to have a lot of fun on social media. I also used to drink and go on social media a lot, too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it doesn't have a breathalyzer. It just doesn't. No, I think if they ever introduce a breathalyzer to Facebook, we're all just in trouble. <laughs> yeah, you all get silent like I did and run. <laughs> so uh, you can find uh, Heather. She has a website called HeatherTime.com, or you can find her on Twitter at Heather underscore Kenobi. And I'm going to use the past tense here unless you're going to correct me here. You used to be the co-host of one of my favorite podcasts, The MILFCast. Um, no, actually, Kai, and this is, this is on the down low. So everybody that's listening, <laughs> shh, shh. Kai and I literally just talked like last week and said, Hey, should we start milk casting again? Because I think again, you were our last guest and we joked about going on hiatus because uh-huh. we were going to take a little break. And then it's been like, I don't know, a year or two again. Yeah. So <laughs> we, we're hoping to, uh, we're hoping to get back together after, uh, the end of November. Okay. Start, start something again. All right. I mean, I Don't. wasn't I wasn't bullshitting you or blowing smoke up your ass. I I, I really did love the MILF cast. It was one of my favorite podcasts. Um, like the the chemistry between you and Kai was just fucking hilarious and great. Um, and then like it was more like you know it was very loose. Like you didn't have like rigid topics or you know you just like or you didn't review movies. You just like talked about stuff. Mm-hmm. And then just like the comedy between you two was just hilarious, um, and uh, every every Halloween you guys would have me on uh, as your only source of horror stuff, I guess. Um, you are our favorite, <laughs> not our only, but All our right. favorite. Okay, I'll take that. Um, uh, which uh, brings me to uh, ask Heather, uh, what is your favorite horror movie that you watch either on or near Halloween, or movies? Poltergeist. Poltergeist is my favorite horror film of all time. Okay. Every year as a family, though, on Halloween, after we trick-or-treat, we always watch Hocus Pocus, which is delightfully fun. But Poltergeist is is always watched every year, no matter what, by me, usually by myself. That's the movie that got me into horror. My mom and dad tried to watch it after I'd gone to bed, and I've been an insomniac since I was a little kid. So I snuck down the hall and hid behind a big pile of laundry, and I watched almost the whole movie without them knowing. And then the next day, I went, they're here. And I'm like, what? 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 And I started quoting the movie and messing with her. And and I finally just admitted to her that I had seen the movie, and she stopped tripping balls. So. Yeah, so no, after that, they started letting me watch stuff. Uh, the first time I saw Poltergeist, I was a kid. I don't remember how old I was. Maybe. 10 9 10 maybe um and it did like it freaked me the fuck out like the first time i watched it um and i, I watched it with my mom like I, a lot of these movies that you're not supposed to probably watch with your parents i watched with my mom because she was she was pretty cool like that that's um, awesome yeah and um uh the only one that she did not want me to see was the exorcist and i ended up watching that by myself because it was, she kept saying like, "Oh, you're not ready for it. You're too young. It's gonna really scare you. It's a really freaky movie." 
And, you know, me, I'm like, yeah, like 10, 11 years old. And I'm like, oh, come on. I see Poltergeist. I watch all the Nightmare on Elm Streets and Friday the 13th. Oh, scary can it be? No, I fucking pissed my pants the first time I watched The Exorcist. <laughs> like, it was fucking terrifying. And I was like, I was like scarred for a little while. So much so, I didn't watch it again until my 20s. That's how much wow. that movie affected me. Yeah, I did not watch. And I watched it when they released it back in theaters, back in like the early 2000s, when they did that footage you've never seen. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Movie. Yeah, I went and saw that with my friend. That and my probably didn't help. And, well, I saw it with my friend and my then-girlfriend at the time. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was even freakier because it was like I didn't remember a lot of the stuff because I was a kid, and I couldn't figure out what was the stuff that was um, either, you know, added in or wasn't there before or whatever i couldn't remember um but all of it was freaky like literally every moment of it was freaky and now i can watch it you know pretty okay um i still get freaked out it still freaks me out um but that's not my choice actually i, I just wanted to talk about that because poltergeist made me think of that um my, my choice i i try to watch movies that actually take place on halloween or maybe about halloween and yeah. I have I have two that I I go my go to like the two that I have to watch. Uh, one is called, is Trick or Treat. Um, oh, that's so good! Isn't that that's a fucking fantastic movie? I love that. It, movie it took to me death. forever. I I literally just watched it like a week ago for the first time. I've had it on my uh, list forever, and man. I don't know why I haven't watched it. And yeah, I, yeah. Oh my god, that was great. Yeah, it's it's such a shame that didn't get like a wider release and a wider audience. Because it was in, like, well, first it was in development hell, and then it was just sitting on a shelf for a couple of years, and then they just quietly released it on, like, DVD in, like, 2009 or some shit. And then, yeah. um, and then it's just got a cult following, and now only certain people know about it. And I'm, like, a huge anthology film, like, freak. I love anthology movies, especially horror anthology movies. And so when I heard about this, I was like, oh, yeah, I got to get my hands on that. And I'm glad I fucking finally watched it like a few years ago and yeah i fell in love like immediately with it and i watch it every halloween now I, it's like one of the things you have to watch on halloween it's perfect and it has all of the elements of all great horror movies and it's not cliche it's still scary but not like i'm gonna have nightmare scary like i'm enjoying all of it it was just and i had such high expectations too i mm -hmm. i was so scared that i was going to end up hating it and everyone's going to go shut up heather <laughs> but i i loved it it was great yeah it's 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 a it's a fantastic movie um the second one i watched now this one really is not that um known uh you have to kind of dig for it a little bit uh but it's called the WNUF Halloween special and the premise of this is it's kind it's kind of like a found footage movie, but it's played out like a newscast on a local TV station somewhere in like America, like some small town. That's and cool. the whole movie is done like it like it's the beginning of the movie is the ending of this news segment that we watch and they do like local news and they do even weather and then they do like commercials. Like they make commercials for this movie for like fake products that don't exist to make this new, this newscast look real. And this is all leading up to like the, the, the WNUF Halloween special, which is done by a reporter. And his whole thing is he goes to this like supposed like haunted house in this town and he's taken like, like a priest and like two like paranormal activity, uh, uh, paranormal, um, 
explorer people, kind of like the Warrens from The Conjuring. I think that's, yeah. that's totally what they're supposed to be. And um, uh, he's going to take them into this house to try to find the ghosts and do like a seance and and all this stuff in this house. And so it's leading up to all this, and then it, it's it kind of, it's kind of a build. It's very slow burning, but it's kind of humorous because it takes place in the 80s. It was filmed like 2011 or something, but everything is like the 80s, uh, <laughs> like the fashion and the commercials and like the, the look of the video like has those like tracking lines every now and then. And um, everything about it is just like so like authentic looking. And um, and then there's like a kind of a twist at the end. I don't want to reveal it. It's it's really cool. And the way everything is just played out like. And it it was done so wonderfully, and it was done on like a micro budget. Like they literally had like no money when they made this movie, and they somehow cobbled like a new set. They got like this haunted house. They got like all this authentic like '80s gear, like camera equipment and microphones and clothes and stuff. And it's it's super wonderful. And if if you can go find it, it's it's the WNUF Halloween special. Um, you could probably buy a copy on Amazon. It's not streaming anywhere, unfortunately. You probably have to just buy it. But take my word for it. Like, so just buy it, and I think you'll love it, especially if you love stuff like that. Um, yeah, a lot of people don't talk about it. I don't know why. I wish I wish I could just kind of tour around the country with this movie. <laughs> I've never heard of it before, and I love found footage movies anyway. I yeah. even when they're bad, I still kind of enjoy them. The whole concept Same. of them is fantastic. Uh, yeah, to me. I agree. Yeah. I, uh, a, a few years ago, when I had a, a steady blog, I did a found footage uh, blogathon, and I watched a lot of shitty <laughs> found footage <laughs> movies. I found a lot of good ones doing that, but I found a lot of shitty ones that, yeah, like you wouldn't believe. So, um, yeah. So uh, this the when this episode airs, it'll be the day before Halloween, and I've been noticing Heather. I don't know if you've noticed. That it seems like horror movies seems to have this like resurgence, like it seems yeah. like people seem to like horror movies all of a sudden. Like, like why do you think that is? I don't know. It seems to. Ha- I've noticed at the very least it happens when a, a kind of like a new franchise seems to come out, like Scream in the nineties, uh-huh. late nineties, uh, and then Saw at one point. And right now, I think we're starting to see it maybe with the rebirth of It too. Yeah, because I I mean, and I think that that coming back and around is it's not only getting like kids, my oldest son's age into it, but it's bringing all of us people that have been loving horror forever mm-hmm. into the newer stuff, too, because I mean, I didn't want to watch it. I'm like, I, I love the, the cheesy, you know, Tim Curry version. It's fantastic. <laughs> and then I watched it and I almost shit my pants three times yeah. and I was so happy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's really hard, especially, you know, for people that do like horror movies, too. You kind of know exactly what you like or you don't. Mm-hmm. And and it is hard to scare you after a while, too. Um, but it seems like they're they're getting more creative with it and they're taking a lot more seriously too. I've been noticing a lot of these like I'll call fancy horror movies that are like artsy kind of and it's it's like oh this is terrifying and it's going to scare like you witch? but in a in a very yeah in a very artful manner or like that yeah. one dude who does like hereditary like like yeah. that guy's movies I... like he like like he does these fancy like horror movies and I I seen hereditary and I actually like it. Um, it's fine which i think surprises people because i always say i hate slow burn movies um but i like that one 
Um, and I the the reason okay, so I hate slow burn movies when nothing's happening for like an hour and then we get plot. But like Hereditary has stuff happening that's relative to the plot of what's happening. Yeah, and, it's interesting. Yeah, and uh, so I'm able to tolerate that. And I've not seen the other his follow up to Midsummer or whatever that's called. I haven't seen that. I, one yet. Yeah, <laughs> I I kept going to watch it this month and I couldn't bring myself to because I I thought Hereditary was was good, but I'm not going to go back and watch it either. And everyone said it was terrifying, and it wasn't. And I felt well, the same way about there, the yeah, witch there some, too. There were some parts in Hereditary that were kind of terrifying. Not I wouldn't say the creepy. whole movie. Yeah, the whole movie wasn't terrifying, but there were parts no. that was like holy shit. Um, I, yeah, it was it was good, but I again, I it's not my kind of scary, I guess. But I do find that like you know, horror has these like, like like trends that like you know we had like the slashers in the eighties and then kind of the nineties, but then we haven't gotten too many slashers recently in the last like five years. I can't think of one like slasher movie that came out in the past like five years. No, um, it's been more like moody, atmospheric horror mixed with like psychological horror. Yeah, um, and I don't like. Okay, I, I think this might have. I don't know for sure. This is where it started, but I think Jordan Peele's Get Out started this whole trend. Oh um, yeah, because I I can't remember a movie like Get Out before Get Out was out. <laughs> that was a lot of outs. Um, <laughs> but uh, um, but I remember hearing Jordan Peele was gonna make a horror movie, and I was like. That's actually a good idea because for some reason comedians and horror like go together, like because something about you have the to two, be dark to be funny. Yeah, like the two <laughs> genres always go hand in hand. Like a yeah. lot of my favorite comedians say they've written horror scripts or have helped write horror scripts or are like they do this thing in Hollywood called punch ups where they'll get like a script. And then they'll add jokes to it and they'll get like scripts for horror movies and they'll add jokes you know, to it to make to kind of liven it up a little bit. <clears throat> um, so, like, you know, any of your favorite comedian could have wrote the jokes in like Rob Zombie's Halloween. Like, you never know. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, I, I, I really do believe like Jordan Peele's Get Out kind of started this whole like fancy genre of horror movies that are more like not so much focused on like blood and gore and sex and but more like this is a creepy place what's going on like why am i creeped out and this is like my anxiety levels like up to like a 20 right now and like you i know. think yeah I, and i think part of that is too because it does play on the sense of realism as though perhaps it's something that could happen to you yeah exactly and and i like that but yeah, a lot I don't... of these movies are kind of like stuff you really could find yourself into, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. You, know, you totally could find yourself at, like, a creepy uh, white person's house, and they're, like, acting weird. Or, uh, you know, you could I run out this... of anybody's house that has a live, laugh, love on their wall. <laughs> That's a sign that I need to get the fuck out. Yeah. That, that is I'm the done. scariest thing I can ever see. Over it. I'm Goodbye. Done. Yeah. So I'm Evil just kind of I'm just kind of interested like where horror is gonna go from here. Like I'm wondering what's the next trend that it could be. Like you know if we're shying away from you know slashers and we're in this like psychological like like what could be yeah. next? Like what could we? Well, we you're, you're right too because we we had the torture porn for a little while too, yeah. like the hostile movies yeah, and yeah. Saw and that kind of stuff <clears throat> too. So yeah, yeah. What would be next then? Yeah, I mean I, I'm I'm excited to find out. Um, yeah. So. Leading to my next topic here, um, Heather, how many streaming services do you have, like Netflix? 
I have three right now, and I want to have more, but I don't want to have more. <laughs> and it's infuriating. It's like, infuriating. <laughs> there's like way too fucking many, right? Like, yes. There's so yes. many and, out like right now. And I got rid of cable four years ago. Oh wow! So okay. yeah, I and I don't miss it. I I have my Xbox, and if I want to stream a show that's not available on any of my streaming services that I love or something, then I just pay for it, and I prefer to do it that way. But now everything's so divided that the streaming services don't offer enough of one thing. The best one I have right now is Hulu, and okay. even that's and so, that's and for TV anyway. I I pay for three. And I'm using my aunt's Hulu account, so I I'm using my friend's Hulu. I mean, I'm, 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 I have <laughs> access to four, and yep. I think, and I think that's a lot. <laughs> it is. It's overwhelming. Um, that's how I felt when I I just got the uh, Hulu like a couple months ago, and I'm like, oh my god, look at all this anime. Yeah. Oh my gosh, look at all this cooking shows. Yeah. Oh that's my how gosh. You feel with, yeah, like, the it first was like time a- you sign up. Yeah, and then and then I go. I haven't logged into Netflix for a week. It probably misses me. What's yeah. going on there? Yeah, yeah, it was just so much. I, that was probably everyone's first one was Netflix because Netflix was first a DVD site. It's just you get DVDs in the mail. It's very simple. Then they got like a bug up their ass. They're like, hey, you know what'd be cool if you can watch this shit on our website? Just go to our website and pay an additional fee. And instead of having to wait for the disc to come, you can just watch it right now. And we were like, yeah, okay, that that totally makes sense. We can watch like all 12 seasons of like Dexter right now if we wanted to. Um, and then, then Netflix got crazy. Like Netflix took like a bunch of Coke and meth and we're like, <laughs> like we're only going to do our shows. We're going to come up with original shows and that's the only thing we're going to promote. Yeah. We'll have Dexter and friends and the office, but orange is the new black. You got to watch orange is the new black. We pay like a million dollars for this book and now we're going to make like nine seasons of this show and you got to watch it now. And, like, when you go to Netflix, like, right now, that's all they bombard you with is these original Netflix stuff. Yeah. Like, it's hard to navigate their website. Um, it's so difficult. something not Netflix. <laughs> it, it That's actually what pisses me off the most about Netflix right now is if you do want to find anything else, you can't. And, and yeah. even in the, the sections you have to look at, it just repeats itself over and over again. It's like I, I watch more than five things. No. <laughs> No, or or because I watched one thing, their suggestions, it, they're utterly bizarre. Yeah, it's it's broken. I prefer at least, uh, and Amazon is the other one that I have. Yes, I was gonna get right it, into that. Cause, yeah, uh, and Amazon, I actually prefer Amazon to, to that as far as it goes. Because then Amazon got into it, and they're like, "Well, we're gonna start streaming shit off from our website, and we're gonna make original shows, and, and we're like, gonna what? give you free shipping." Way to go! Wait for anybody that's compulsive. (laughs) Wait, the company that I order potato chips, shoes, and like season two of Supernatural is going to start making TV shows? Like, what the hell? (laughs) The hell's going on? And then it just went nuts after that. Like suddenly, everywhere you look, everybody's getting a streaming service. Like fucking Disney's getting their own. Like coming up in November, they're going to have their own streaming service where you can only stream only disney and disney owned stuff um which at this point is like fucking everything so why not yeah. right um and then there's fucking hbo go and or hbo max and i don't know what the differences are i don't know um, 
Because I thought H, cause like HBO Go, I thought was their streaming site, but apparently they're gonna also come out with one called Max, and they bought. Um, I think they're the ones that bought Friends from Netflix, so they're gonna stream Friends on HBO, which is really fucking weird. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, well, they're is, also putting Sesame Street on HBO now, too. Yeah, yeah that which, was weird. Well, it, it, it's actually good for Sesame Street, I think, because they're yeah. going to be paying for it. It's just going to be on there before, and then all the shows will come back on PBS. So it's not like people are going to lose access to it. But it's still weird. And then, um, and then there's even ones that kind of pop up that are new that are streaming services, like uh, Shudder. I have Shudder, which is the all-horror... Uh, Netflix basically yeah I saw um, that and I, I have what that it was. I have that um and what is crackle <laughs> funny. Is crackle one crackle uh, it's kind of it's kind of like that it's kind of like a mix between that and YouTube which YouTube okay. tried to I remember YouTube tried to do this too and they failed miserably like was that the red the YouTube yeah. red yeah no, yeah yeah nobody went with red what they got Cobra Kai on there and that was it <laughs> yeah and 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 now YouTube right is gone, and now everything's just on regular YouTube, which is fucking hilarious. Uh, no, but Crackle's kind of like a mix of Netflix and YouTube, kind of. Um, but, no, uh, going back to Shudder, I, I accidently purchased a Shudder subscription. Because <laughs> um, <laughs> I wanted to watch... Um, okay, we all know who Eli Roth is, right? He's the director of like, Hostel. Okay, so he had this TV show on AMC called, like horror history or something i can't remember what it's called but it was like every week was like a different horror genre like one was slashers one was psychological one was zombies and so on and so forth and uh i really wanted to watch the show but i missed the original airing on amc so i heard that shutter was gonna be hosting this so they have a free trial thing where you sign up for like 14 days and uh, I went for it, and I watched it, and I was like, "Oh, this is a cool, this is a cool, and it is a cool show. I highly recommend it." But I forgot to turn it off, and so they charged my card, and for some reason they picked the one year subscription. And so I was like wrestling with it, I'm like, do I just call them and say I don't want it, or do I keep <laughs> it? Because I already paid for it, and I'm I'm looking at their site, and they got a bunch of cool shit on there. And I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to keep it. I got it for a year. If I don't like it, I just won't do it next year. And I am actually glad I accidentally got it because it's been fucking fantastic. Like, Shudder is seriously a very underrated streaming site. Like, people don't talk about it nearly as much. Um, there's two highlights on Shudder. One of them is, uh, I don't know if you remember, Heather, there was a guy on uh, TNT in the 90s called Joe Bob Briggs. Yes. Okay, he's on Shudder now. He does that show on Shudder where oh. he introduces horror movies like every week. He's not on That's right cool. now. He's not on right now, but he had a, he, he's coming back sometime later this year. And uh, he's on there now, and he's doing his thing there, which is awesome. And then uh, there's a creep show TV show on Shudder. Oh, I loved creep show. Yeah, and this show is fantastic. It is seriously awesome. It's very much like the movies. Um, it's uh, each episode's like two stories. It's done exactly like creep show. It has like the comic book panels in between the scenes with transitions. Uh, it's campy as all fuck. Um, they got like a lot of like celebrities on this. Like they got like uh, the dude from Saw, like Tobin Bell. Uh, Adrian Barbeau's in it. 
um, what's his name? Uh, like a lot of people, like uh, David Arquette was in the last episode. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of a lot of celebrities are in this, so I I, I highly recommend it. Um, but going back to my point, I think we're getting way too many streaming services. Um, to the point that IMDb now has a streaming service. Like they just launched this thing called IMDb IMDb TV, which is very hard to say. <laughs> um, and they're gonna have like original content on there and like stuff on there just to stream. And I'm like, come on, man, you're just a website to like list movies. You don't have to fucking start streaming. Like, no, it's like, it's basically you're gonna end up turning it into just a bunch of different cable channels anyway, where you're offering your own individual stuff instead of outsourcing, and and it's gonna be the same thing except you're paying for it individually, which is yeah. obnoxious. And that's the thing because like cable, it's like you just pay like I don't know fifty bucks. I'm just picking a number, fifty bucks, and you get all these channels. Whereas now you gotta pay. Twelve ninety nine a month for this one side, and eight ninety nine for this side a month, and then this one seven ninety nine a month, and I, I don't even know which one is more expensive. <laughs> no, <this> that's <laughs> that's exactly it. it. They'll all start adding up, and yeah. and then after the point, you're not really saving money, which is I think why a lot of people started doing it in the first place. You still yeah. have access to all of these shows and movies, and then some original content, but. I mean, I get that everyone wants to get in on the game, but it's it's kind of killing it, too. I know, because there's such a thing as oversaturation. Like, if you have too yep. much of something, you're going to get blowback. And pretty soon, like, fucking Twitter's going to have, like, a Twitter streaming cha- channel 24-7 <laughs> of, like, I don't know, Doctor Who, and then no one's going to buy it. Like, you know, it's just going to be too much, and it's really annoying. Um you know what will happen is people start buying box sets again. Like, yeah. I, I don't need these streaming services. I'll just own it. Well, that's actually what I do a lot. I, I'll still, I like owning physical copies of things because I'm old and it makes me happy to touch them and hold them. But yeah. I, I do do digital downloads too, where I'll, if it's a show that I love and I want to have anyway and always have access to, I'll, I'll eventually just buy it. I almost so, wonder, I almost wonder I, I, if, um, like, uh, physical DVD companies are like oversaturating streaming services, so people could just like give up and be like, "Oh, we're gonna go just go back to DVDs," and then DVD company like, "Muhaha, it worked!" <laughs> yeah, evil maniacal laughter. It was we played the long game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, well, you know what that sounds like? That sounds like a conspiracy theory. Oh, by the way, I've cracked the code. Figured out the shadow organizations and the Illuminati. No. Oh, I learned how to do transitions in my new podcasting world. Yay! I'm awesome. Give me a high <laughs> five. Give me a high five, Heather. Oh, yeah. You like that? Oh, yeah. good. Exactly. I felt that too. All right. So this is the day before Halloween. And so I wanted to do something kind of creepy and spooky. And um, so last week uh, I had the Vern on and we did sort of urban legends. Uh, This week we're going to talk about conspiracy theories. Um, The creepier the better. And uh, I asked Heather if she had a favorite conspiracy theory, whether she believed it or not. And she says she has one. And I have a couple. Uh, One's a very quick one and then one's kind of detailed. Uh, but Heather, I'll let you go first. What's your conspiracy theory? 
My favorite one is not one that I believe in at all. Good. Okay. And, and, <laughs> and it isn't. And, and I actually, I, I love conspiracy theories. I think they're good. I think it's good to question things sometimes. The, the problem is with most of them, people are trying to prove that they're right instead of doing what you're supposed to do with any theory, which is try to disprove it. And then if it still exists, then that means that it's plausible. Uh-huh. So the newest one that even makes the whole we never landed on the moon one seem just tee hee hee is these fucking flat earthers. Oh, yes. Oh, oh my God. God. <laughs> I'm a best. I mean, it's seriously like I went through a month where I could do nothing but just obsess over these people. I was reading everything I could. It, it started off as just a, oh, no, that's just a meme. <laughs> it's pretty funny. <laughs> it's another meme. Why are there so many of these memes? Are there really the, are there really this many people? And then the next thing I know, I see a Netflix documentary, which I had to watch. Oh God! It's it's literally insane. Yeah. It is. It and it's not even so much the the questioning of our reality and if we made this up in our heads, etc. Blah blah blah. It is the fact that they are creating their own ideas, like things that make no sense. Like we just get to a wall, and it's a big giant wall of ice, like uh, in Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. And all of the governments in the world have banded together and they're running this little show with us and we have no idea what's going on. And they've made an ice wall that they all live behind and they're just watching us. I mean, that's that's one of the theories of, of what is actually going on. Another mm-hmm. one, Australia isn't real. I've Australia heard about that. I heard about that because I have a friend who lives in Australia. She sent me a link... <laughs> saying well yeah. i guess i don't exist <laughs> i mean they that's where they used to send people to no longer exist because yeah. everything there wants to kill you but yeah my running dad he's lived there for the last three years four years now mm. yeah it's it's I, i'm pretty sure it's real i mean look look what they created many 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 uh isn't chris hemsworth from australia yes he is actually yeah. yes he's <laughs> thor He's a god. Come on, get it together. No, it's it's just they even in the the documentary with this huge group, they they set together real scientific tests, uh-huh. and they were going to you know do them. One was with a gyrosphere, and another one had something to do with uh, the curvature of the Earth over a distance where the light spectrum would meet something. Both of their scientific tests failed, and they were just kind of like. Bummer, that costs a lot of money. We have to figure out how to make this work so our uh, theory works. Mm-hmm. I mean, they stood in the face of their own experiments that they came up with on their own that failed them, and they were so committed to their belief that they just said, oh, well, here's here's fact right in front of me. Nah, that's crazy. <laughs> it was my own plan, yet wrong. Let's find something else. I mean, the absolute nonsensicalness of it all is bizarre. And yes, you got some of the people that you would expect, like the guys who've lived in their mom's basement for 40 years and, mm-hmm. you know, they never leave. But some of these people are seen like relatively normal people until they start talking. Hmm. And <laughs> it's just, it's crazy. Like, where are we in this planet to where... There are thousands and thousands of people that think that the planet is still flat. Yeah, so, yeah, okay, so about that. My favorite thing about those people is how they try to prove that it's flat and that they're always trying to go up into space. 
but like they're building their own rockets. Yeah. <laughs> and then they just like fail <laughs> spectacularly. <laughs> All of them do everything they do fails. And and they will not accept the failure. No. It's not even let's move on and try something else. It's well, I'm just going to make up an excuse for that. It's 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 like a two year old where there's just literally no logic there. It's bonkers. Mm-hmm. Absolutely yeah. bonkers. But it's fascinating at the same time. I can't turn away from it. I mean, it is I know. like some people like yeah. the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills or whatever. I like the Flat Earthers. Give them to me. I'm gonna watch yeah. them. All right. Well, mine's a little okay. My first one's a little is very well known it's nothing new so i'll be very quick about it but um so my thing about conspiracy theories is i don't believe any of them like all the famous ones i don't believe them but i find them amusing and i find them fascinating uh in like the length of like how far they'll go into the story to prove their point yeah and and my favorite one of that is the whole paul mccartney is dead thing um (sighs) Tupac too. I, I watched. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, Tupac's alive. That's it. Tupac's. Yeah, he's just alive. No, yeah. but um, the the theory says that. Okay, so well, first of all, there was this movie that I watched. It was a documentary, quote unquote, on Netflix, which is now, strangely enough, can't be found anymore. So, ooh. Um, but it was it was literally called "Paul Is Dead: The Taped Confessions of George Harrison." And the the framework of this was George Harrison on his deathbed uh, taped a confession that uh, he, Ringo, and John Lennon uh, did in fact uh, uh, cover up the death of Paul McCartney, the real Paul McCartney, and here's how they did it. And so the story was um, one night while recording, I think, Rubber Soul. I think that was the album. Uh, Paul McCartney got into like a big fight with like the other Beatles and stormed out. And it was like raining, and so he got into a car and drove, and then he got into a very bad car accident, which killed him. And so the police called John Lennon and say, you know, hey, we found Paul McCartney's body, and we need you to, you know, idea to make sure it's him. And they go and they ID him, and then they're like, well, fuck, we're like at the height of our popularity, we can't just give up. And so years earlier, they had a Paul McCartney lookalike contest where they found a guy who won. And I don't remember what the guy's name was. I could probably look it up. But they found the guy who won, who did look exactly like Paul McCartney. And they hired him to be Paul McCartney for, like, basically, in, in like, all for all of time. <laughs> and so they made him Paul McCartney. And then they finished recording Rubber Soul. But they, the band felt guilty, guilty about this. And so they put hints in like every song and album they've done ever since and some of the hints on various albums include like one album Paul McCartney's facing got his, his back turned to the camera while everyone else is facing forward to represent Paul's not really there and uh the whole thing about uh on the cover of Abbey Road Paul's the only one who's barefoot because he's uh to represent him walking in heaven or some weird shit like maybe that maybe he was just stoned <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> shit. So, and and like it was this very intricate, like, pl- like you know, stuff that was within like the Beatles' discography and album covers. And the the best one is if you look up the Sgt. Pepper Lonely Heart Club Band album and look up the conspiracy theory on that cover alone, it'll. 
fucking blow your mind because there's like 20 hints about Paul being dead on that cover, like alone. I'm sure that's exactly (laughs) what they would do. They were like, we're going to spend the rest of our history pretending that this imposter over (laughs) here is Paul and we're going to give everyone hints about it. And yeah, jeez, you know, (laughs) go ahead. God, it's just so bad. Well, that's exactly it, too. That's when you start looking for stuff. It's finding Jesus in your grilled cheese. (laughs) You know, it's what you want to see. So that's what you're seeing. You can find as many coincidences as you want in something if you start looking for them. I was eating a Dorito the other day, and and, and I saw and I saw uh, Mary Magdalene on there, and I was like, oh wow, cool, and it, it tasted pretty good. I say. <laughs> it was probably the, the best you know, tasting chip out of all that whole bag. There's actually a, a a condition or something for this. It's called something like the the flag shooter thing, and it's based on it's JFK looking mm-hmm. for all of the coincidences to make the connections oh, yeah. that you yeah, want. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and you you do it. And you you skip over all the things that don't make sense because you want to prove what you believe. Exactly. Yeah, um, like Paul McCartney is so, not okay, alive. Okay, one more thing about the Paul McCartney thing, and I'll move on to my. That's second fascinating. One. I've never heard it before. That's absolutely really? fascinating. Yeah, oh, and never I love heard the Beatles. That before? Oh, no. that's like the I mean, most like famous one. I thought you for sure heard yeah. that. No, 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 no. Oh, that's okay. A... Yeah, okay. I, I, okay. I didn't want to go too deep into it because it's like the most popular theory. Because uh, like, there's they have an album called the White Album. Yeah. And one of the songs is called Revolution Number no. Nine. And if you play it backwards, it says Paul is dead. Like that whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> you seriously never heard of that before? <laughs> I don't know how I missed this my whole life, wow. and I'm a Beatles fan. This is a beautiful, beautiful revelation. Oh, uh, you have to. <laughs> Look this up. It is fantastic. I guess this is going to be my next then, new obsession. But my favorite, so. so my favorite part of this whole con- this documentary was, um, and you have to know a little bit about Paul McCartney's like relationships with people, like you know his ex wives and stuff. Um, but uh, he said that the George, the quote unquote George Harrison in this movie um, says that uh, in like two thousand five or something. Uh, he married uh, Paul McCartney, Paul McCartney, quote unquote, married this girl named Heather Mills, uh, who only had one leg. Well, turns out that when Heather Mills was a little girl, she got into a car accident in England that took the life of one Paul McCartney. (laughs) And that's how she lost her leg. Yeah, that was like my favorite thing of the whole documentary was that little tidbit. <laughs> I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> it's insanity. It's insanity. This isn't okay. like the Wizard of Floyd where you're you're playing, you know, Pink Floyd with the Wizard of Oz, where you're going, that's just fucking cool. No, this is fucked up. <laughs> yeah, it's there's a whole lot. Like you have to you have to just look it up. Just it's it. There's so much I skipped over. Because uh, I just thought it was really well known. I don't have all no, of that in front of me. That's fine. I have the next month of my life planned now. Thank you. So, okay. Thank here's my, here's the main one I want to talk about. And this one is probably legitimately a little creepy. Because a lot of stuff is unknown. A lot of stuff isn't answered. And there's a lot of mysteries. <clears throat> Do you know anything about the Denver International Airport? Yes, it's huge. And I've been there a couple times. Oh, shit. Okay. Well, did you know... <laughs> <laughs> um that uh there's a lot of weird fucking shit going on in that place. No, but I want to know now, tell me. 
so it was uh, opened on February 28th, 1995. Uh, they fell behind schedule, and it was $2 million over budget. Um, the final cost was $4.8 billion, which is a lot of money for an airport. And people don't know where all the money went to because the airport is not is not super huge, but it's not tiny either, according to this. It's thirty five thousand acres. It's um, big. I had to run across it once. It's big. And I run. Remember I'm four. Yes, that's true. It's big. Uh so one of the things uh is that the the runways look like a swastika. If you look at it from above and looking at this picture, <laughs> it totally does look like a swastika, so that that's weird. Um uh the 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 shape of it is not a typical formation for airports runways usually they're just kind of straight lines but these are like like one air one is is basically like a swastika like one's going to the left one's going up one's going down one's going to the left and it's 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 really weird looking um and the airport is like in the center of it mm-hmm. um the airport dedication stone has imagery from a secret society. Um, <clears throat> it was dedicated on March 9th, 1994. And on it, <clears throat> there's a, a Masonic symbol of a compass with the capital G inside it, which is, you know, the Mason's uh, symbol. But underneath the date, um, it's credited by the New World Airport Commission. And when people are asked what is the New World Airport Commission, uh, they just say that it's a commission for the New World Airport. Um, but if you know anything about conspiracy theories, there's this whole thing about the New World Order, um, which is like its whole Wikipedia page onto itself. Yeah. Um, but uh, so the fact that they chose the words New World Airport Commission has a lot of people like freaked out. And then, um, you know, the whole the, the Masons are tied into like, you know, the New World Order stuff as well, along with the Illuminati. And yeah. they're, they're, you know, so that that two stuff just kind of, you know, uh, is linked up there. Um, there are a lot of oddly suspicious uh, underground tunnels and bunkers under the airport. And no one knows why they're there or what they're there for. Um so as far as anyone can tell, nobody uses them or nobody goes down in there uh, that anyone has seen. Um, a former airport construction worker uh, said that the reason why they were so far behind was because of the five multi-story buildings that were built underneath the airport. But nobody could tell him what this was for. Um... This led to a bunch of theories as these are the New World Order command bunkers or it's going to be a fallout shelter for like the eventual nuclear war that's going to happen uh, to maybe it's a FEMA concentration camp. Nobody knows. Um, <clears throat> there are a lot of strange murals across um, uh, the airport. Uh, one of them that I'm looking at here. Um, let me see if I can, if I, I, I'm not an art critic, so I don't know if I can totally describe this. So it's, it's in the, it's in the forest and the forest is on fire. And on the right, there's an image of a Buffalo, uh, hovering over a little blonde haired white boy holding a 
dove next to an Indian guy next to, well, okay. Next to two different types of Indians, the native American Indian, and then the Indian from India, Indian next to, I think a black chick next to an Asian boy next to a redhead girl who has a penguin in a glass display case. And on they're facing this table that has like an Indian Virgin Mary picture on it. And then they're surrounded by like turtles and dolphins and parrots. And there's a there's a dead girl who looks like Heidi uh, in a in a coffin. <laughs> what? And there's a and there's a black girl across from her also in a coffin. Um, I'm guessing these are coffins. They're 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 dead because they got their arms crossed and they look like they're dead. And um, and you know like remember the opening of the Flintstones when the, they go into the drive-in and they put the stack of ribs on Fred's car. There's like yeah. those ribs are in the background or the foreground of this picture as well. So that's just one of the many many interesting pictures <laughs> that you can find, and no one knows what the fuck that means or what it's for. Um, and yeah, it, it's weird. Uh, there's a few other ones I won't I won't super get into, but they're all very weird, very similar looking with a bunch of like the theme seems to be. Oh my goodness! I'm looking at the one you just described right now. This is bizarre. <laughs> there's one with all these like multicultural kids like touching this flower and there's like a leopard in the back and a hummingbird and a swan it just uh, looks like apocalyptic stuff yeah maybe. but i'm not i'm not an art person either so this there's just looks one, like too much lsd to me there's this other one with like uh like a soldier in a gas mask lying with some doves on top of it and a bunch of kids surrounded by a banner that says peace in different languages. Um, oh, and oh, there's here's a, one there's with a, a sword and then there's dead babies and ladies crying. What the frig? And then there's uh, one with a n- scary Nazi soldier and a quote from a child who died in Auschwitz. <laughs> Why would you put this in an airport? And then probably the most interesting one is the outside of the airport. There's a giant blue horse statue. Uh, it's titled Mustang, but everyone nicknamed it Blucifer. <laughs> <laughs> the statue is 32 feet tall and 9,000 pounds. Its eyes glows red at all hours of the day and night. Causing some to speculate the statue is meant to represent the fourth horseman of the apocalypse from the biblical book of Revelations. Uh, the fourth horseman speci- uh, re- basically represents death. <laughs> yeah, this is horrible and then, looking. And it then the, the creepy, here's the creepy part. The, the, the statue's artist, uh, Luis uh, Jimenez, was actually killed by the statue in 2006. Before the statue was completed, a piece of the statue fell on him and severed an artery in his leg. <laughs> I shouldn't be laughing, but I'm so sorry. I can't stop. Yeah. So wow. I don't know what the fuck is going on. And this was before colorado legalized weed so i can only imagine what the fuck it's like there now oh my god <laughs> okay i i'd like to just talk it up to somebody who has really bad fucking taste but that is that is pretty bizarre across the board wow wow 
and then the art what's... itself is fucked. And then I'm just looking at the I'm glancing at the Wikipedia page and it, it talks about it like it's all normal. <laughs> like it was open in nineteen ninety five. The Denver National Airport currently has nonstop service two hundred and fifteen destinations among twenty three different airlines throughout North America, Latin America, Europe, and Asia. It is the fourth airport in the US to exceed two hundred destinations. So there you go, a little tidbit for you. Um uh it's the fifth busiest airport in the United States. Um and uh, let's see. Uh, well, they don't it's the really. For it's, some it's, I never <laughs> saw any of these murals that I recall. And the first time I went there, I wasn't <laughs> rushing through it, and I stopped and I had a beer because I'm terrified of flying. Okay. So I had actually a couple beers, and <laughs> and, <laughs> and I remember where I was having the beer and and lunch, and it was it was a nice airport. It wasn't anything other than large. I didn't recall anything specific about it that stood out. I don't remember that fucking horse. What the yeah. hell? That's weird. Uh, oh, here we go. Here's some accidents and incidents. On September 5th, 2001, a British Airway Boeing 777 caught on fire while it was being refueled at the gate. None of the plane passengers or crew were injured, but the refueler servicing the aircraft died from his injury six days after the fire. Uh, they found that the accident occurred due to a failure of the aircraft's refueling ring when the fuel hose was torn out of, out at an improper angle. On February 20, uh, February 16th, 2007, 14 aircraft suffered windshield failures within a three and a half hour period at the airport. A total of 26 windshields on these aircrafts failed. That's fucked right there. Yep. <laughs> Uh, December 20th forcing I don't like to fly too December, tw- <laughs> December 20th 2008 a uh, Boeing 737 operating as flight 1404 to Houston veered off the left of the side of runway 34 and caught on fire during its takeoff at Denver International Airport there was no snow or ice on the runway however there was 31 knot winds at the time and they said the probable cause of the accident was the captain's sensitization of right rudder input, whatever that means, must be an air, air, aviation thing. Um, 38 people got injured, but no one got killed. So that's good. Uh, is this one creepy? Let me read the head on this one. No, that one's not very creepy. But still, that's four weird incidents that happened at this airport. <laughs> it's, it is weird. So, yeah, so that one, it has to be my favorite. Hey, conspiracy. even this one shot of it down the side, it looks like the the air, uh, the top parts, it looks like the, the um, atmosphere uh, buildings from uh, from aliens. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> yeah, they're doomed. Okay, so uh, that's another airport that I probably shouldn't go to again. <laughs> I'm just not flying anymore. I just can't do it. I almost died the last time I flew. This is not for me. It has nothing to do with the murals. Okay, maybe a little bit. But, oh, I see the swastika thing, too. That's funny. Yeah. I mean, it's not funny. It's funny. <laughs> it, it, no, it's, it's kind of funny. Oh, my gosh. Hello, everybody. My name is Vern, and I'm the host of the Cinema Recall Podcast, part of That Moment in. We are slightly different than your average movie podcast in that we don't review a whole feature. Instead, myself and a guest will break down our favorite scenes in movies and then discuss why they are so iconic. So check us out. We are available on Anchor, Google Podcasts, 
Apple Podcasts, and more. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram under Cinema Recall Podcast. And we are available on Twitter at Cinema underscore Recall. We hope you enjoy. Thank you for listening. All right, so we just had a lot of fun talking about conspiracy theories, but I actually know this guy who's super into conspiracy theories, so much so he didn't give me an exact real name. He goes by the name Mr. Secret, and he wanted to do a bit on my show uh, where he wanted to warn people about various things you know, out in the world. And so with some hesitation, I present to you Watch Out with Mr. Secret. Watch out for Amazon Fire Sticks. The government uses these to track you. They know what you watch and what you buy in order to keep tabs on you. How do I know this? I just do. Don't question me. You think they would just give these things out for free if they weren't used for tracking, huh? They're not free? They're $35? That's even more proof they're the government. Only the government would charge $35. Why 35? Why not 19.99? Why not 29.99? $35. And you know who the 35th president of the United States was? JFK. And you know who killed JFK? The government. They're telling you right there. They killed JFK and they're telling you by making these tracking devices and have them cost $35. And you know what a fire stick is cold word for? Cigarette. And how do they kill poor people? Poison cigarettes. Amazon Fire Sticks are also trying to poison you. You plug these into your so-called televisions. And they're not, they not only track you, but they poison you while you use it. And these things they call jailbreaking. You think that will prevent them from tracking you? Bah! That's how they track you even more. They track you harder. Why do you think they haven't done anything to stop people from jailbreaking them? They know you're doing it, and they don't care. They say, fine. Jailbreak it again so we can triple track you. Ooh, triple tracking is the worst. You don't want to be triple tracked. In conclusion, watch out for Amazon Fire Sticks. All right. Thank you very much, uh, Mr. Secret. We will be on the lookout for that. I don't know where I keep these people. Um, I I don't want to be triple tracked. I just know that. That's what I've learned. It's important. I don't know. Maybe. Uh, All right. So let's put all that behind us and let's go ahead and talk about uh, one of my favorite things, which is 90s music. Um, One of my favorite eras of music was the 90s just in general. All the 90s was just fucking awesome. And um, so every week I'm going to have a different favorite 90s song or music video and I'm going to have my guest uh, come up with theirs as well. Uh, Let me go first really quick. Mine, because we're getting into the Halloween season, where it's going to be Halloween, you know, tomorrow, and uh, I had to go for some kind of creepy, and I went with Marilyn Manson's Ma- Marilyn Manson's cover of "Sweet Dreams Are Made of These." <clears throat> like that song is like legitimately like his. Like he took this '80s basic like synth song, and he just made it Marilyn Manson. With his like creepy voice and then the music and like everything about it is just so like wonderful to the point where it gets used like in almost every kind of like 
sort of mainstream horror movies, at least like in the early two thousands. Like, yeah, every horror movie used a song in the trailer. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's one of my favorite uh, Marilyn Manson songs. I don't like a lot of his songs, honestly. Just to be completely I honest. do. I'm a big fan. However, um, that particular song was mm-hmm. one of my favorites when I was a kid. And the video, I used, I didn't know the name of the song, so I'd always tell my mom, I want to watch the Moo Moo video because there was cows <laughs> in it. And so I called it the Moo Moo song for, like, <laughs> ever. So nice. So when he did it, I, I had, like, this real attachment to it. And then he still just killed it. It's, yeah. it's, it's good. It is. <clears throat> so, all right. So that, that, was, that was my pick, just uh, Marilyn Manson's Sweet Dreams. What's yours, Heather? What do you got for me? This one's really hard for me. 90s is probably my favorite decade of music as well. And I am a huge music person. I listen to all genres of music other than country. Everything. Everything's on the table. I I tried to look at it from what my favorite video was because I can't tell you how much time I spent in my room watching (laughs) nothing but MTV because... I think the world would be a better place if MTV kept playing videos. Oh, totally. 100%. But, yeah, but they stopped. So the world is going into flat earthers. So I I quickly came up with my least favorite, which is absolutely loveful from the cardigans. If you want to go insane, just play it on repeat over and over and you will lose your mind. But uh, I I was thinking videos. My first thought was Sabotage and Beastie Boys. It's so fantastic. Then I went to... Virtual Insanity, which is a Jamiroquai, and I love the song, and I love the video. It's just bananas. But my favorite song from the 90s, it's not metal, not rap. It's a pop song. Uh It's Your Woman, White Town. Oh, yes. This song is so fucking sick. It is so, so good, and it, like, should never have been a big hit. Okay. So... Uh, that music video is fucking weird, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it, the, the whole concept of the song is weird too. It's like well, being yeah. in love with someone you shouldn't be in love with, but it's really about this whole Marxist, like, uh, uh, silent movie. It's black and white. And, oh, it's just, it's weird. It's totally weird. Yeah. It's, it's, it's one of those, like, I remember watching that video, like every single day on MTV, like it just played nonstop. And I, I was just like befuddled by the music video. I was like, "What is happening in this?" <laughs> but that's <laughs> the perfect essence of the '90s too. It doesn't it, like they just throw shit in the videos that didn't yeah. make sense. And there was always like flashbacks to black and white in, in '90s mm-hmm. videos too. And you would have a guy who was just standing there and looked like he might be homeless or not, hanging out, and a bird would fly out of nowhere. I mean, there were so many of these weird things people used to do with videos. But this whole entire video was a video like that. It's yeah, weird, it, but I love it. Okay. All right. Awesome. So those are our 90s uh, songs and music videos for the week. Uh, Marilyn Manson's Sweet Dreams and White Town's Your Woman. Seven seas. 
right, so this podcast is about a week old, and I've been listening to podcasts for about 10, 11 years now, and I've noticed that um, the key, I think, to having a very popular podcast is the sponsorship. And I think that's what I've been missing all these years of podcasting is I haven't been able to get a sponsor. Because, like, all of my favorite podcasts, they, they're sponsored by, like, Squarespace or um, – like uh like snack boxes and stuff like that and i think what i need to do is i think i need to let these companies know that they can trust me to uh to sell their products in a way that will be appealing to the masses so uh what i think i can do is um if i show people you know the companies out there that i can make an ad for about anything um I can get some sponsorships from like actual people, like companies, and maybe I can get some money rolling into this podcast. Uh, but what I found out through my lawyers is that it's very highly illegal to do an ad for a real product. Like I can't do a product for Squarespace because they're not paying me. Um, so that would be illegal because they would probably throw me in jail or something. I don't want that. So uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to do an ad for a product that doesn't exist to show, you know, that I, I can I can do this. So uh, here, here's here's an ad for for a product now. <clears throat> hey, Heather, I heard about the promotion. High five. Uh, I can't. What? Why not? I'm just asking for a simple high five. I can't because I'm carrying my wallet, my keys. My lipstick, my knife, my pills, my... Why don't you just put them in your pants pocket? Because I don't have pants pockets. Gasp! <coughs> Sorry, hang on. <coughs> my throat got dry. <laughs> <coughs> Alright, I'll pick up from there. <coughs> Gasp! How dare you! Has this ever happened to you, ladies? You become socially awkward because you don't have pockets in your pants to hold your most basic and valuable items? How can I carry all this stuff? Well, now you can with women's pants pockets. The pants with pockets. The pockets are big and deep, so you can carry any and all of the following items. Keys, lipstick, wallet, gun. Birth control pills, your child's crappy drawing, a bottle of water, a bottle of vodka, a bottle of tequila, and more. <clears throat> Hi, I'm famous podcaster Jason Soto. And if you go to www.womenpantspockets.com and use the promo code WHATEVER, you'll get 20% off your first order of women's pants pockets. And if you order now, you'll get a second pair of pants for half off. That's right. You'll get 20% off your whole order and a second pair for half off. But if you come to my place, they'll be 100%. Nope. Uh, okay. Well, well, well. If it isn't too cool to give me a high five. And, hey, I like those pants. Thanks. Now can I have that high five? Sure. Ow! That was my face. Thanks, women's pants pockets, for freeing up my hand to smack this guy in the face. You're welcome, women's pants pockets. It's about freaking time. <clears throat> <coughs>
<laughs> that was great. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I thought that was good. That was really good. You wonder what's fucking funny though? That actually what? just literally happened to me. <laughs> what? I was I ran my marathon last weekend and I have a, a it's a pack and uh-huh. we cross the border twice. We go to Canada and then we come back over a bridge and then through a tunnel. Okay. They fucking took my pack because security. Uh-huh. I've gone I've done it six times and they've never taken one before, but this time they were like, fuck you. So I had to take all of my shit, including keys, pills, things like that. I had to put my <laughs> sports bra. Dude, my tits are full of all sorts of chafing and bruises and marks and stuff because I had to put everything in my bra because I didn't have pants pockets. <laughs> nice. I'm not, I That's can't crazy, it though. It is. Yeah, it's really funny. Jeez. Well, it's sad, but it's funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I gotcha. <laughs> all right. <laughs> if I would have had pockets... Would have been fine. Only, only you would have had pockets. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> All right. So that was another episode of Whatever with Jason Soto. Um, next week, uh, I'm gonna have my special co-host Lackey, and we are going to attempt to help some people with their problems. And what movie would make a fun board game, and what board game would make a fun movie? Uh, Whatever with Jason Soto was hosted by me, Jason Soto, and I can be found on Twitter at CineGamerJason. My name's going to change soon on Twitter. I'm waiting for the Halloween season to end because uh, right now my name on Twitter uh, is a Halloween name that slowly just says, this is my Halloween name. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to I'm gonna wait till November 1st to change it from CineGamer to, uh, I'll change it to something. Um but if you don't want to reach me on Twitter, you can email me at whateverjasonsoto at gmail.com. And for some really weird fucking reason, last episode I forgot to mention the Facebook page, uh, which is facebook.com slash whatever with Jason Soto. Uh, if you go there, hit the like and notification buttons, you'll know when a new episode is posted. Um, and I also share some hot spicy memes that I've stolen from people along with whatever garbage I think of. Uh, my special co-host this week was Heather Baxendale Walsh. Uh, you can find her on Twitter at Heather underscore Kenobi or at her website, HeatherTime.com. Heather, you are the most wonderful person to talk to, and I love talking to you on any podcast I ever have. So thank you very much for coming on this one. Thank you so much for having me on. I missed you. This was great. Yeah, I, I missed you too. And I cannot tell Kai I want to be, if not the first guest on the MILF cast, at least a second. So I will make that happen. I'm usually <laughs> in charge of the booking and everything. He just doesn't know it. Okay. Awesome. I'm looking <laughs> forward to it. Uh, all right. So this podcast can be found on Podomatic, Spotify, and anywhere else you get podcasts from, with the exception of your grandma's attic. Now, I know she's a borderline hoarder and has all kinds of neat stuff up there including Jimmy Hoffa's leg, but I assure you this podcast will not be found in there. The opening and closing music is Battle of Who Could Care Less by Ben Folds 5 off their album Whatever and Ever Amen. I do not own the song, nor do I exactly have permission, but I do have fair use on my side as I'm not making any money off of it. If someone wants to pay me to do this podcast, I'll come up with an original song or just pay somebody to cover the song. And don't forget what I always say. Keep your head in the clouds and your feet in the mud. Good night, everybody.